Dave, remember the feeling of watching Saturday morning cartoons with your favorite bowl of sugary cereal? Sure. Well, what if I told you that you could recapture that feeling, but without the guilt of eating cereal that's bad for you? I'd say you must be talking about Magic Spoon. That's right, Dave. And now you can get a variety pack with four featured flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs. Each serving is only 140 calories. They're keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. My favorite flavor is the frosted. Spice up your peanut butter cereal by slicing up some fresh banana in it. That's what I did. Go to magicspoon.com AIC to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code AIC at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com AIC and use the code AIC to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in in Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Dave, we're back, and uh, and yes, this is our first, uh, our first live show. Um, and yeah. it's like our, it's right after our three-year anniversary. Yeah, everybody who doesn't listen actually heard how long I do the high for in real life. <laughs> yes, yes, in, 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 real, in real life Before person. Before Eric edits it. So uh, we are live here at ZapCon. Thanks so much Woo! to the folks at Zap Comics for uh, inviting us to do this panel. Yeah, um, it's been a two-year wait, but it is well <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Yes, uh, and, and this, this should have been on your birthday. So happy yeah. belated birthday two it's years ago. It's my 39th birthday all over again, but outside this time. So uh, returning to the show, uh, outside of the confines of the virtual media roundtable, is our friend, your friend, and marketer for both the G.I. Joe and Dungeons and Dragons teams at Hasbro. Give it up for Emily Bader. That was a very authoritative point, too. It was like, you're a friend, so somebody's... Yeah. yeah. Well, it's true. Emily, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So, as is, as is usually the, uh, the case when we, when we are uh, lucky enough to have somebody from uh, one of these major toy brands, we are going to open it up to questions uh, at the end here, uh, so that way you guys uh, can ask Emily some... your burning questions about the G.I. Joe brand. So, if you've looked at the Instagram story... That's not yeah, this no, time. We we're didn't live. Do that this time. We yeah, have we're people just live that are going to ask questions. So that's awesome. Jumping right in, uh, congrats again on an awesome His Tank campaign. Thank you. Uh, you guys <laughs> absolutely crushed it. Yeah, definitely give it up for the His Tank. Um, now that everything has wrapped, 
when will backers get their chance to uh, vote on the His Tactician colorway? Soon. Um, so after a uh, after a Haslab campaign closes, usually it's about a what is what do we do? Forty five days for funding, something along those lines. It's always a variation. His tank got a couple of extra days because nobody wanted to work on a Saturday, so we all decided to extend it to the Monday instead of closing it on Friday. Seems like it worked out okay for us. Um, so then you have after. Oh no, I touched the microphone. Okay. We're live, guys. Uh, <laughs> so after you have the 45-day campaign, you have the 30-day cancellation window for anybody that's like, oh, I have, I made a mistake. I can't pay my rent. It's a hard choice. Do I not have a home or do I have a his, or, or you know, not have a his tank? It's a difficult decision to make. So we wait, we wait for the end of the 30-day period. And then it was really important to us that we didn't open up that voting window early because we wanted everybody who backed to be able to vote on the colorway because we know that that's one of the really exciting parts of the campaign that you guys actually get to pick what color figure you're going to be getting that Ron Rudad is going to be doing the artwork for, who, by the way, we met with him last week. He is so sweet and he's just like I'm just so excited that people want to that are excited about like my artwork and the figure and that you know so many years after he did those color studies they're actually coming into play in a way that they never did originally which is awesome and I think that's one of the really fun parts about having a brand like G.I. Joe with so much history is that we really can kind of go into the archives and say okay what kind of cool stuff do we have that never saw the light of day that we can use now which is fabulous. I'm sorry, I got very off topic there, but you know me. Not at all. No, I'm definitely here for like Ron Rudat's resurgence in, yeah. in yeah. Toy World. It's he, like a second renaissance for him. Right he now. rolled in, he was so sweet. He rolled into the Hasbro parking lot in a convertible, like top down, nice and sunny out, and he was like, This is my sunshine car. <laughs> and I was like, if you're not yeah. following Ron Rudette on social, by the way, definitely do that. Um, most of the pictures are about what he eats for breakfast. But um, awesome follow, great artist. Of course, he's he's did a ton of work for GI Joe and uh, and the Hasbro WWFs, mm -hmm. uh, you know, among among many other toys. And he will tell you that I believe he did the designs for 125 of the original GI Joe figures, which is wild. Sometimes he can't remember exactly which ones were his. But if you show him the drawing and it has his signature on it, he'll be like, oh, yeah, I guess I did that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, have some, seen some fun collaborations with Transformers, which is over Yonder. there. Yonder. Yeah, so our right Baroness, our Megatron Hiss tank is right here. And then uh, the second one was our Stalker, who comes with an Awestriker, Bumblebee Awestriker? Is yes. that what it was? Yes. yes. So they have the three, um, three and three-quarter inch GI Joes with them. Um, what are the chances that we see collaborations like that for Classified? I would love to do collaborations like that for Classified. It's a little bit easier with three and three-quarter inch figures because of the scale that they are. In order to do it at a six-inch scale, they would need to be, you know, like, yay. I mean, you guys saw how big the Hiss tank is at six-inch scale, right? The original one was, like, this big. And so it's really trying to pick... For the, for the vehicles that we're looking at potentially scaling up, or like when we did a, the Cobra Coil and we did like the Ram Cycle, it's, and the, the newly announced Trouble Bubble that we're doing, it's picking the things that will scale up appropriately. So like somebody the other day was like, so when are you gonna do a USS flag in classified scale? And we're like, well, we did some rough math on that. It would be about 20 feet long, and I'm five feet tall and I could stand in it. They're like, all right. 
So challenge is, accepted. This, right? this is the perfect room for that flag. But yeah. So we, you know, you could sell it for like twenty thousand dollars. It could be a man cave. We'd have a great time. But it's kind of picking what the right balance is between that. We did hear from some people from about the his tank that they're like, this is about as big of a troop builder thing as I'd have room for on my shelf. And so we're kind of using that as a little bit of a blueprint to say, okay, bigger than the his tank, smaller than the his tank to kind of figure out how it could work with people's collections, keeping in mind that we know that all of you have these amazing toy collections and that, you know, this isn't going to be the only thing that you have to find room for on your shelf. We were like, well, if we did like a six inch scale terror drone, people could just like use their dining room table as the shelf for that, right? Like, or just like, somebody was like, can they put it on the floor? I'm like, you're, you're really gonna put what would end up being like a $800 toy on your floor? And they're like, yeah, why not? I'm like, do you have toddlers at home? <laughs> Clearly not, right? because, uh, yeah, that would not happen in my house. Yeah. At least with a, Maddie, the eldest, she'd be fine. It's it's the, it's yeah. the little one i got to worry about. <laughs> but, I mean, even imagine, like, getting drunk and tripping over that in the middle of the night. Like, oh, crushing. I, I can imagine just tripping over it. Yeah, just, just like... That's just how I operate. <laughs> yeah, Dave doesn't even need to get drunk, drunk to trip over the terror drone. It's just going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to bump into it. Like, that's how I work. But, I mean, the, the collaboration stuff with G.I. Joe and the crossover is so ingrained in the DNA of it. Like, it's just, we're, we're waiting. Yeah, and, Sarge. And, yeah, we're looking at Sergeant Slaughter in front of us right now. Um, by the way, awesome, awesome uh, windowless packaging on it, getting to see this for the first time. And, um, and his little, yeah, little Sarge. micro Sarge He's that he comes Sarge. with. We were calling it, um, so uh, we've gotten to meet Sarge a couple of times as we've been working on the figure. And, he was holding it the other day, and we were like, oh, it's Sarge, little Sarge, and littlest Sarge. And he didn't not like that, so I'm going to keep saying it. The littlest Sarge. Littlest Sarge. I think yeah. that might be the littlest Sarge. It's so cute. And what I would like to say is with the packaging on littlest Sarge, it's like, you know, an inch big. And you can actually take littlest Sarge out of that packaging and then put him back in later so that it's not like, a, oh, no, do I have to choose if I'm going to rip the blister on this thing? No, no, we give you we give you multiple options for that friend. And for those of you that are fortunate enough to be here in person, definitely after the panel, uh, you can come down to the table, take a look. This stuff will be moving back to our table so you can get a closer look at, at Sarge. And, uh, and while we're talking about the cool things that we have on the table, Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Serpentor? Yes, so we were super excited. So we announced Serpentor as our PulseCon exclusive item for G.I. Joe. So PulseCon, which will be happening at the uh, last weekend of September, 30 days half September, great. So September 30th and October 1st uh, will be when PulseCon is happening. And so Serpentor will be the G.I. Joe. Jesus, I just said all of this. His box is very beautiful. So this is a, um, it, the box matches the mind bender that we did for San Diego Comic-Con. And so it is the, the first time that Serpentor is making an appearance in Classified. He comes with his air chariot and a handful of accessories two different snake cowl headpieces so that you can go a little more modern or more of that kind of retro throwback. Comes with a snake that can keep him company or that he can throw at people, dealer's choice. Oh, and then a oh, cute factor is that the air chariot's mouth actually opens and it has little fangs that will you can pop down. Um, so it's, uh, the development team worked incredibly hard on this. And so we're really, really excited that people are excited to have it be in their collection. And, and we continue to have, like, the best animal figures that yes. are available. Yeah. 
Yeah, shouts to a uh, to friend of the pod, Khalil, from Caster's Corner, who's in attendance. Hi, buddy. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to open a zoo with all of the, uh, <laughs> the G.I. Joe animals. We just keep, when we're doing, like, development line planning, we're like, so we, we know that all of you are really excited about the articulated animals that we're doing. And so we just kind of keep, like, throwing out the weirdest animals that we can do. So at one point I was like, could we do, like, a giant stingray? And we have, like, cobra eels riding the stingrays. Could we do, like, what could, you know, like, uh, what else would be fun? I don't know, like a panda bear for something, a unicorn maybe, but you just, you know, there's really no limits to the hey, you weirdness. Got, you got Tiger Force, how about yeah. a tiger? We could do a yeah. tiger. There was that, the um, the Drist figure that came out last, last year, two years ago for Dungeons and Dragons that came with Guinevar, which was a gorgeous, if you need a panther for your collection, that Drist figure is still available on Hasbro Pulse and is a, that's a top-notch tiger sculpt, or panther sculpt. Oh, Big cats. Big cats. Big cats. They all purr. It's fine. So you mentioned Dungeons & Dragons. You are also on Dungeons & Dragons team. I sure am. Um, so far we've only seen product tied to the upcoming film. Um, are there plans to include items from elsewhere in the D&D world? Yes. So there will be a full line of products for Dungeons & Dragons to support the movie release. And it, they will include elements that will are both movie-specific and draw from lore. So we really wanted to appeal to kind of a wide range of Dungeons & Dragons fans. So you have the people who may be new to the Dungeons & Dragons universe that are going to be seeing the movie that are like, oh, I saw that gelatinous cube in the trailer. Okay, now here it is in toy form. This is great. Or you may have those fans that have been playing for decades and are like, oh, I encountered this gelatinous cube in the first campaign that I ever ran, and gosh, I was stuck in it for like eight turns, and I would really like to commemorate that. Maybe I could commemorate that with, you know, a selfie series figure of me stuck in the cube forever. Um, actually, funny story, the, on the first day of San Diego Comic-Con, we, I, I forgot when I was packing one of our Dungeons & Dragons figures that was supposed to be in the gelatinous cube. And so my selfie series figure actually was stuck in the gelatinous cube when I was doing all of the media interviews for D&D. People would be like, what is that? I'm like, oh, that's, that's me. And then my DM heard what I was saying, and they were like, oh, you want to be in the cube? We can make that happen. I was just going to say, I know, I know you play. Mm -hmm. have, you, have, you, have you wound up in the cube yet? I have not because we've, we've all been really busy, so we've only played one session since that happened. But they have promised that our D&D brand writer named Sam is my DM, and they have promised that I will definitely end up in a cube. So <laughs> Everything comes back to the gelatinous cube. It like, really I does. I just feel like it yeah. always does. <laughs> yep. So before we, we open it up to audience Q&A, uh, we mentioned Hasbro PulseCon. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what we can expect from the G.I. Joe team at the, at the event? Well, so you've kind of figured out at this point that we have a new kind of standard for what we're doing when we do events. And so perhaps without commenting to, well, uh, Serpentor is going to show up, right? Because he'll go up for order. And then perhaps we will have some other pre-orders that will be announced. Perhaps we will have some digital renders. Perhaps we will do a couple of name-only reveals. Perhaps we'll have some special guests. Perhaps we'll do, you know, something... You know, what I can promise you is we are not announcing another HasLab at PulseCon this year. <laughs> I need to take a break from, from announcing HasLabs for a little while. Flag stands, stand yeah. down. Let's oh, yeah. <laughs> there will be no six-inch scale classified flag announced at, at PulseCon for you to have to mortgage your house against. Yep. This, is, this is both 
disappointing and good at the same really time, sorry. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a split, mm -hmm. a split reaction. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsors. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom and pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hop into a new career with CGC, the world leader in pop culture collectibles grading. CGC is seeking world-class Funko Pop experts to lead a new division dedicated to authenticating and grading collectible toys. This is an incredible opportunity to help build a new grading service in a hot collectibles category. Think you can play the part? Apply today at cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. That's cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. And now... A word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. The world we live in is full of challenges, and that can make it difficult to focus on what really matters. We've all been raised to appreciate the importance of taking care of our bodies, but what about our minds? Talking to a therapist can help identify stressors, learn to healthily manage them, and lead to a more confident and productive mind. BetterHelp is an affordable, accessible, and flexible online solution to your mental health care needs. After taking a brief survey, BetterHelp will match you with a therapist, and you could switch at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash AIC today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com forward slash A-I-C. And now, back to the show. So, so with that, if, if anyone... It is time. If anyone has any questions, we have a little bit of like a microphone conundrum here. Yes. Um, so if you have a question, feel free to come down and, uh, and ask the question, and one of us will repeat it, and Emily will do her best to answer it. Or I'll tell you that I can't, and then I'll let you pick a different question. Yeah, or that. <laughs> So who's up first? Dario's eating. Dario's eating, <laughs> but he wants it. Khalil. So from an engineering perspective, what has been kind of the hardest, the hardest item to figure out so far? I think we've had some amazing engineers on our team. So Chris, who was our engineer for quite a long time, totally ditched us when he moved with his girlfriend to Florida. So rude of him. Um, and our new engineer, Richita, is phenomenal. Um, but it's kind of the more unusual the project is, the harder it is to figure out the engineering for. And so what you end up with is like the air chariot as something that is, you know, 
totally new that we have not done before that has never been tested in six inch scale. Took a little while to figure out exactly how to make it work. The, the higher complexity items, so like the Hiss tank and the Sky Striker. The Sky Striker, oh my gosh, all of the parts that went into that and it not only was how do we make the coolest plane that we possibly can, but how do we make the coolest plane while also like doing an homage to the toy that came out 40 years ago and making sure that it was like premium and cool and had all this extra stuff. Sky Striker was a hard one. And then I think the Hiss Tank, it, it's been so much fun to get to work with our Spark Labs kind of HasLab team. And so we get like a whole different group of new humans that are coming in to help us problem solve things. And so figuring out, you know, how exactly will the tread work on this? How exactly, what will the, the weapons rack in the back look like? In which, which weapons are we including with the figures? How do we make that work so that the, the consumer experience is as best as it possibly can be? Um, so I'm going to vote uh, vehicles are usually <laughs> the hardest to figure out. <laughs> Great question. Great yes. question. Who's up next? Yes, Serpentor is being pre-ordered at PulseCon. So one thing I just wanted to, to point out too, Emily, you mentioned that I think maybe not everyone's aware of, but kind of a new direction at Hasbro is that the, these HasLab projects are being developed by a, a core team. It's not necessarily the, you know, the G.I. Joe team or the Star Wars team or the Marvel Legends team that's developing these. They're, they're actually going to a HasLab team now. And it's... Yes, it gets a little bit complicated depending on what team it is that's kind of working on it. But essentially we have what we call our Spark Labs team, which is kind of like special projects, but also sometimes entire toy lines, it gets a little murky. But these are now going to be people that have the experience kind of working across all of the HasLab projects to say, okay, we know, so with experience has taught us kind of these big projects, it turns out, take a lot of our time in a way that maybe makes us not focus as much as our other products that aren't HasLabs. And so being able to kind of take some of that off of our plate, so the brand team essentially becomes consultants on these products. So we meet every week, we talk about what our options are for things for the future. We talk about, you know, okay, for the Hiss Tank, kind of the process was, what are, what are the things that are the most important to us? We kind of ranked them and we're like, okay, what of these is feasible to do? What do we think is something that fans would be excited about? And so it's a lot of kind of back and forth between the teams, but in a really fun way because we get to, I am like a huge fan of, there's no dumb ideas. Throw your ideas out. It doesn't matter if you work in QA and you have a marketing idea. It doesn't matter if you work in product branding and you have like a design idea, I want to hear them all because I think that we are so much stronger together. And even if maybe your original idea wasn't something that we could use, that could spark a conversation that could kind of snowball into something amazing that we land on where we're like, oh my God, we can't not use this. This is so good. But it also fosters a very collaborative environment, um, which I think is really nice, and it makes everybody feel like they're all kind of part of the team, which is wonderful. You want to feel like you're part of the team. You don't want to feel like you're, you know, not part of the team. But again, I'm phenomenal at tangents, but 
here our, we are. So yes, we're here for them. Spark yes. Labs team, and then our our great friend Mark from HasLab, who has been who helped us on the uh, the his tank, and many other people from the HasLab team. I just he thinks it's really funny that now there's like the the urban legend of Mark from HasLab. Do we have any other questions? Question? Somebody had their hands Khalil, up. Khalil, you're up. Khalil, you're up, you're up again. Yeah, so to restate, basically the, the gist of the question, I apologize for not doing the entire thing, but within kind of the waves of figures, there has been, you know, different kind of accessory counts, different kind of weight counts with that, and kind of how do we, how do we figure out kind of how that is balanced? Is that fair? So what it, what it comes down to for us mostly, and Lenny is very focused on this from like a consumer happiness perspective, is when people look at boxes, we want it to look like there is, we want them to look kind of equal when they're on shelf. And so usually the figures that have the bigger figures with the more stuff that's on them usually tend to come with less accessories because they take up more room in the box. So what then you see is the smaller figures that have less secondaries or maybe the female figures that are smaller sculpts that have less plastic and less weight against them will come with more accessories that could be bigger accessories, they could be heavier accessories. But the, essentially our goal is when you're holding two classified boxes in your hands, we want them to feel roughly the same. So we want you to feel like you're getting your money's worth regardless of what figure you're getting and that it's you know a fairly even value proposition across the line. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your questions. Um, that's going to wrap it up for the Q&A portion oh, of oh. it. Oh, wait, we have one more. Dario's, Dario's one more. got one more. Sorry. Yes, so essentially, as, as I'm sure you're well aware, the G.I. Joe team encountered some extreme supply chain issues uh, over the last year. And so the original intention was for G.I. Joe to also be plastic free starting in September of this year. Because of those issues, essentially product was pushed about six months on shelf. So what you'll see is that our next mainline wave that will be uh, on shelf in April of 2023. So it, the next one that's being announced, so you've seen renders of it, it's the, the Cover Girl Marauders Barbecue Falcon Outback. I'm missing one. Firefly? Crimson Bat. Oh, sorry. Nailed it. Um, so that wave, which is going to be our 4123 wave on shelf, is going to be our first plastic-free mainline wave. So yes, so this is the direction that all of the classified boxes are heading. Um, one of the things that's nice about GI Joe is we have we have a history of doing plastic-free boxes because that's essentially what the products were in the 80s. So if you look at like those vehicle boxes, you know they were plastic-free. They were closed box. And so we're we're kind of excited to get to bring that mentality to classified and kind of see see what that means and then you know with all things there will kind of be an evolution of what that means and for the different price points kind of how that gets represented um, but yes so we will be going plastic free um, like Legends of Black Series are doing and I was gonna I, I was gonna try to sh open it real quick to show you guys but there's a really cool cardboard foot locker oh, in here oh it's open on the bottom yeah okay. I got tricky so what's cool is like the accessories I was playing with this before I should have remembered 
But you can see that the the number, you know, the figure number is going to be on there. Yep. Um, and then, you know, on the front of the Foot Locker, you could see the, the character name, and then, you know, your accessories are inside. And then we are doing, so, so all of the figures will be rattanned, like so, with printing on the back, which is nice, so a, a nice unboxing experience. Then with those kind of weapons caches, they do have, so the figure number, the figure name, and then it is the color of the box, depends on what their faction is. And then we are doing printing on the tissue paper, so your accessories will either come in tissue bundles or some of the accessories that we want to make sure stay really flat will be packed out in cardboard. So like Sarge's baton, we want to make sure it stays flat and packed. Um, so we're, we're trying to give you a kind of a new unboxing experience, so we're not just like throwing everything in the box. Um, but then the, those weapons caches, you can either use them for just hoarding things, you can use them for sorting, you can use them in your displays. And I think for most of them, they are the mainline ones are the correct size where you can actually put the figure in them as well. Um, so like if you wanted to use them for storage, in theory, everything could live in there. Yeah. yeah. The figure definitely fits in there too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I could just picture already like, you know, just kind of stacking these up in like a display, you know, with like the name and the, I like how like had the little yeah. key code. And what like a nice brag that would be to basically have like a pyramid structure of those sitting on shelf to be like, yeah, I bought all these, what's up? <laughs> the and then there's the printing on the back of them as well that ties to the faction. Yep. So this is the, the print that is on, so for the open boxes, that's the print that's on the back panel um, for when you're looking at the figures. And the ties are even uh, paper, they're not plastic. So they they're sure like are. little like paper ties. Um, so with that, that's gonna wrap up the Q&A section. So as a returning guest, you know that uh, we like to ask our final question. You know, Dave, Dave does his thing. So we have a uh, we have an altered final question for you. So Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this shows James Lipton and ask our altered final question? Why yes, Eric, I would. So a special altered final question for our returning guest. What is the one toy you've always wanted but were never able to get? So, it's gonna be a long story. I mean, it's you know, not as long of a story, but I will have a follow-up that is uh, a follow-up note from my last question the first time I was on the show. So, when I was a wee youth, lived growing up in the suburbs of Portland, Oregon, my neighbors were two and four years older than I were, which meant that they were really, really cool. So imagine like little Emily, approximately two or three years old, ringlet curl hair, lots of freckles, super adorable. And our neighbors had a ride-in Barbie Jeep. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world. And so they would leave their driveway and go through our cul-de-sac and come up my driveway and come to my front door and ring the doorbell and say, can Emily B come out and play? And then I would get to get in the Barbie Jeep and we'd go back to their house. And all I wanted as a child was a Barbie Jeep. And for some reason, my dad said no. And like, it's also important for backstory to know that my dad did not say no to me a lot as a child. And when you ask him now, hey, why didn't you let me have a ride in Barbie Jeep when I was little? He doesn't remember why. So I think it's just, you know, character forming essentially. But so as a, as a 90s child, I really would have liked to have that ride in Barbie Jeep. Now I figured out that as an adult, there are several things that I can do to rectify that situation. 
one, I go buy a Barbie Jeep, but like adult humans can't fit in those, so I would just look at it. I could like put my 11 pound dog in it, basically. So, <laughs> so, so then I was thinking, okay, what, what could I do to fix this situation? So it has occurred to me that if I pick a significant milestone in my life, say, I don't know, when I turn 40 or make director at Hasbro, which will obviously be a thing sometime in the future, what I'll be able to do is, I had a toy Barbie Jeep for my Barbies. I'm sure PR's like, thank you, Emily, for talking about Barbies on a Hasbro thing. So, um, <laughs> so it was like the 1994 like Barbie Sunrider, and it was pink, and it had flowers on the side of it. And I, I still have mine from when I was little. But it has occurred to me that as an adult, I have disposable income as like an in theory thing. And that I could go buy a vintage Jeep, take it to an auto body shop, take my toy Jeep with it and say, can you make this onto this for a human? And then I could drive it as an adult. So that's my plan for how to fix that. So what do you guys think? Should Emily get her Jeep? Come on, give it up. Exactly. So yeah. basically, I'd be doing the same thing, but cooler. And mine, the toy that I grew up with doesn't actually say Barbie on it either. So in theory, I could drive it to work at Hasbro, and it would be fine. There we go. There's, that's yes. the idea. Yep, I love that. Um, so make sure to, to stay tuned for years in the future when that happens. Um, and I hope that that was a good answer. That was, that was, that was, that was so, the perfect answer. So what I will say, as a follow-up to our last time that we met, I told a story about my creepy bride doll that lives on my shelf that I brought home from Italy. And... Oh, no. Oh, no. It, you didn't bring that. You didn't... Oh, no. The, the creepy bride doll is here. It's slow... Oh, no. She's tucked in a linen napkin from Crate and Barrel to keep her safe. That's what you get for housewarming presents when, you know, your mom goes to Crate and Barrel. Here's her head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it was everything I just, hoped for. Just a head. I feel like that is the creepy bride doll. Like, Here's her one remaining leg. Yes. Uh, I love that she's in a blender bottle. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this is a Ziploc snap and lock storage container. But yes. And here's her creepy little torso. Oh, amazing. Well, everybody, give it, give it up for the bride doll. Yes. Oh, no. And there she Every is holding her leg. Everyone leave while you still can. Um, the bride doll now <laughs> own, as like... Before, before this curse fully souls. fully washes over everyone, Emily, and before we, we end this panel, remind everyone, where can they find out more about the G.I. Joe brand on the internets? Where can they find you? And, and where uh, can they find the creepy bride doll? <laughs> the creepy bride doll lives in my living room, so I would really appreciate it if you didn't come and find more information about her. Um, <laughs> so we are on official social channels as G.I. Joe. Go to Hasbro Pulse for more information about all of our amazing products. I am on social. I am more phenomenally Emily, I think, on everything. I only use Instagram, really, though, which is fun because I don't have personal social channels, so I just post about work. Um, but that's how you find out more about us. And so on behalf of the entire G.I. Joe toy team, we are so thankful that all of you are interested enough in our products to want to, you know, chat with us. And thanks for having me on the show again. Guys, give it up for give Emily. Give it up for Emily, everybody. <laughs>
And thanks again to the folks at Zap Comics for inviting us to ZapCon. Uh, this was two years in the making, and you know we're so happy to do our first live show with you guys. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Yeah, watching. We can actually say yeah, that this time. Yeah. Thank you for watching. And listening and sticking through our technical difficulties that you will know nothing about on this episode. Well, now they will. Yeah, now they will. Well, Good now job. you said it out loud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Make sure you come back to the the, uh, the table over there to get a closer look at the G.I. Joe figures. But also watch the rest of the panels. I was going to say, the Twisted Toy Fair Theater uh, reunion is coming up next, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, guys, thank you again. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.